Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay. There are a number of stories here, so I'm just going to get into it here. A lot of different topics, just going to kind of bounce around. But the first has to do with Loudoun County in Virginia. And there's an interesting little statistic anomaly that has apparently taken place that has everybody just shocked over there. And it's not shocking at all. But it has to do with Loudoun County's grading system and how they've noticed that their F grades, since they've been doing nothing but virtual learning for roughly a year now, their F grades have increased from 1% to 4%, and their A grades have increased by 5% from where they previously were a year ago. And they're shocked by this somehow. This, this shocks them. So here's the deal. First of all, if their F grades are increasing and their A grades are increasing by roughly the exact same percent, that means that apparently no one is being graded and given a B, a C, or a D, which means the online work that students are getting isn't being appropriately evaluated by their teachers. So their teachers are simply giving them a pass or fail grade. If they do it and turn it in, congratulations, you have an A. If you don't do it, congratulations, you have an F. It's that simple. And that's really what's happening. And that right there is actually the negative side effect of online learning, but only when the individual doing the evaluating isn't evaluating their students appropriately. If they're just saying pass, fail, pass, fail, pass, fail, that's not a proper evaluation. There has to be a little more that goes into it. There has to be a rubric. There has to be actual grading that's taking place. But for a lot of these teachers, and I'm specifically talking about the lazy ones, those particular teachers that are just saying, well, they did it, so they get an A. And they didn't do it, so they get an F. Those teachers just aren't doing their jobs. They're not doing their jobs. If they were doing that in a classroom setting, hopefully someone would catch them, and hopefully they would lose their job, or at the very least be told to completely change what they're doing. But anytime you see a statistic shift like that, that's so blatant, your F's increased. Well, that shouldn't shock anybody. A lot of people didn't like the virtual environment. They didn't like logging in, and their teachers would just give them an F. Okay. But then the, inc the dramatic increase in A's? Yes. Is it possible that countless students thoroughly enjoyed the online environment and learned a ton? Absolutely. That does and did happen. But what also happened is that their teachers just didn't want to grade anything, so they just gave them A's. So there's that. Um, on another note here, this is a campus reform article, and I've written about this specific subject in the past and in my book, Purposeful Deception, and I also made a podcast episode about it not that long ago, which is exactly why I wanted to come back on here and mention this. It comes from Campus Reform, and it's titled, Biden Quietly Nixes Trump-Era Rule Combating Chinese Communist-Funded Propaganda Senders. So... Confucius centers throughout colleges were essentially spy operations. They weren't essentially, they were. They were propaganda 
offices and propaganda pushing operations, but they were also spy operations. And it was uh, it was proven to be the case by the Department of Justice, and the Department of Justice cracked down on a great deal of them, and many of them throughout the country country were shut down, in particular over the last three years. Unfortunately, now, apparently uh, on January 26th, it says President Biden quickly nixed the policy. Um, so a spokesperson from ICE confirmed to Campus Reform that the policy was rescinded, and this is from Benjamin Zeisloft. It says, quote, the Trump administration attempted to enact a policy that would force American universities to reveal cooperation with chapters of the Confucius Institute. President Joe Biden quietly revoked the policy a few days after his inauguration. He expressed hope that the Biden administration is not trying to make overtures that make it sound as though the United States is unaware or uninterested in the military build up their aggression against neighbors, their militarization of the South China Sea, and their successful efforts to steal intellectual property. In August, former Secretary of State Pompeo officially declared Confucius Institutes a foreign mission of the People's Republic of China. Pompeo explained that the Confucius Institute is an entity advancing Beijing's global propaganda and malign influence campaign on U.S. campuses and K-12 classrooms. The organization is funded by the PRC and part of the Chinese Communist Party's global influence and propaganda apparatus, he said. Earlier in the Trump administration, Senator Ted Cruz... Republican from Texas added a provision to the National Defense Authorization Act that prohibited the funding of Confucius Institutes, and President Trump signed the act. Campus Reform reported that American universities accepted more than $24 million from Chinese Communist Party sources since 2015, and much of this funding was directed toward resources for schools' Confucius Institute chapters. Again, in the past, I've mentioned it. I remember when I was teaching school and all of the sudden, French went away, Latin went away, German was never taught, and all of the sudden, Chinese was taught. So you had two options, Spanish uh, and Chinese, and that push right there again involved massive kickbacks to school districts who worked with Confucius centers and Confucius institutions to implement such curriculum. And, of course, they go for the state. They go at the state level, and then it filters all the way down into a sc- onto a school board, and the school board says, whoa, I'm going to get all this money if we do this? Well, we're offering Chinese as a language now. And then they do it. And just like that, it's game over. They should spend more time teaching them how to speak English uh, and write English. Because as I've said in the past, and as it's been written about at length, if you want to learn a foreign language, you have to travel to that country and live there. That's the fastest way to learn a foreign language. That's not me making that up. That's an actual fact. Uh, Teaching Johnny to Think. Highly recommend that book. It's, It's in there perfectly. Here's another one. This comes from NPR. I know. Hold your breath. But this was kind of funny. And equally as stupid, so I figured I'd bring it up because this just shows what a clown world we live in. Uh, It's titled, Five Hacks and Tips to Make Your Face More Protective. This comes from Maria Godoy, if that's how you pronounce her name. 
And the first line, which should give it away, not, the, not to mention it's from NPR, is it says, quote, it's time to up your mask game. So their first suggestion is to wear two masks. And then they show a picture of a lady wearing two masks. Let's see. They talk about the downsides. Well, they, they don't fit properly and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the second one is to add a filter to your already existing mask. So suffocate yourself even more. The next suggestion, of course, that they're going to make is that you should start balling up your socks and cramming them in your mouth and then putting duct tape around that. But your nose holes will still be open, so you should use wine corks in your nose holes, and then uh, you'll be set to go. And then it says, the third option says, choose a better cloth mask. And oddly enough, in this particular picture, the woman looks even more depressed, and her veins are popping out of her head, and her eyes are really, really red. She looks horrible, as a matter of fact. Um, make your mask fit tighter. They suggest wearing a hair clip on the back of your head that keeps your mask closer to your face, so instead of wearing it just around your ears and it being loose, it's tighter up against your face with a hair clip on the back of your head. And this is the funniest one, if those weren't funny enough. It says, quote, And the final most effective hack? Question mark. It involves a pair of pantyhose. When the researchers covered the surgical mask with a 10-inch section of nylon hosiery, filtration efficiency surged to an impressive 80%. It may look silly, but it's effective and fairly, and fairly comfortable. If you want to try this trick... Cut a ring of material from the thigh-high area of a pair of pantyhose, about 8 to 10 inches long, top to bottom. Pro tip, in parentheses, use queen-size hosiery for a more comfortable fit. Then pull the ring over your head. <laughs> just, it just sounds like a joke. Then put your head between your knees. Ugh, wow. Then pull the ring over your head and on top of your mask to create a tight fit to the face. Tights should also work well, says Loretta Fernandez, an assistant professor of civil and environmental engineering at Northeastern University, who conducted prior research on the power of pantyhose. Ladies and gentlemen, that right there should tell you something, too, about higher education in some areas. That's an assistant professor of civil and environmental engineering telling you to wear pantyhose on your face on top of a mask, and that gets research funding. That passed an IRB board. Somebody else thought that this was a good idea, which means how many people are actually doing it? Ladies and gentlemen, if they're writing about it, people are doing it. It's happening. It's happening. Okay. Here's the last thing I wanted to mention just briefly. The impeachment, pseudo-impeachment that's taking place right now, right at the very beginning, the Democrat side said they warned parents and school teachers about showing particular portions of this and that they were going to do their best to warn people in advance to either turn on or turn off the videos because they might be too graphic depending on the students or children that were watching these videos. 
you're watching propaganda firsthand take place. If teachers are showing this in their classes and they're not having an open and honest dialogue about the entire thing, then don't show it because then you're, you're, you're editing propaganda. That's the first thing. Second of all, if a teacher is actually showing this in one of their classes or they're showing it virtually and they're encouraging their students to watch it, they're probably doing it because they're interested in this impeachment actually working, which of course it won't. Because those of us that know, they need more than a majority, a super majority in order to make it stick and the entire thing is illegal anyway, and whatever. There's just too much going, there's too much lying, and too much illegality in this entire constitutional process, which unfortunately is now not constitutional at all. So, frankly, from my perspective, if I was a school teacher, I wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. There's too much lying taking place, there's too much propaganda. There's too much propaganda. I would put this one down, teach your subject, teach something else, and then just let it slide. Because again, any teacher that's really showing this, they're doing it to stir the they're doing it to stir the pot. They're doing this to get students upset about something. They're doing it to to cause a uh, you know, a divisive political conversation or debate within their class. And for those of you that have listened to this podcast before in the past, you, you know my stance on debating in the classroom. It doesn't have a place because a debate is simply the back and forth of opinions where neither side knows the truth. They think they know the truth. They have beliefs, but they don't know the whole truth and nothing but. And that's where the debating becomes a problem. So Regarding this impeachment thing, I may have said it in the past that I encourage people to watch it. I'm going to tell you something, having watched it and having watched all of the lies and the video editing and uh, the fake emotion and the acting, it's really bad. It's really bad. So if you want to show it as a joke, go for it. But if you're going to show it and try to be serious about it in some way, I'm not sure I'd touch this one at all. Or as Dennis Miller used to say on his show, then again, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.